Welcome to the segment. Today I have here with me Jaquan Webb. Jaquan, how's it going, man? Man, it's going good, man. I've been enjoying life, enjoying life at Ole Miss and just tackling academics. It's been hard, but I've been holding on. All right, thank you for joining me today. Jaquan, man, um, first and foremost, I want to thank you for, of course, sitting down with me. Um, I really love your story and uh, and I just want, just want, of course, want to learn more, learn more about your journey. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, you recently, you recently put, posted a tweet saying that you were stepping away from, of course, the Ole Miss track program to focus on your academics and your pro track career. Um, just, just talk, talk to us more about that and, and what, and what went into that, into that decision. Oh, well, basically like the, re the way I got here was crazy. Just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. So like. 10th grade year, I was focusing on track. I wanted to get scholarships in track. Mm -hmm. And then football took off for me. I got an offer in football. So then track kind of dwindled as I got went on. So I got some offers and I ended up going to Marshall University because I lost a bunch of my other offers mm -hmm. just because of coaches changes and all types of stuff. The early signing period mm -hmm. that they made, some coaches wanted me to sign early and I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. So then I was at Marshall and I figured out I didn't want to be there and I didn't even want to play football no more at that point. So I was texting the old Miss track coach, but he couldn't text me back. I didn't know this though, mm -hmm. because no NCAA rule. Right. So I was texting him and then I had to talk to somebody on track team. He told me he can't text you back or whatever. So boom, I ended up leaving Marshall. I'm like, I'm just gonna be done. If I don't play sports, I just don't. Then I got a partial release mm -hmm. um, through the NCAA. I could, I could run track, but I couldn't do football. Right. So then I got on the track team a little bit late in November. On November the first, that was my first day I could practice mm -hmm. or whatever. So then I got there, I mean, started off, it was some high level conditioning. Some of the, I was in the best shape I've been in. I went in the times that I wanted to, but I started out good. I had some personal records, hit some personal bests and stuff. Mm -hmm. I went, it just didn't go as good as I expected it to. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was already a walk on. So therefore I feel like it wasn't worth scratching my, spreading myself too thin as far as doing academics with accounting being such a hard major. You majored in accounting, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Majoring in accounting, mm -hmm. and it's a hard field to go in. So right. I was like, if I don't hit this time, and if I can't get at least some scholarship, then I think I'm just walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Not so much as far as like the coaching, even though I didn't feel like it helped me mm -hmm. like I wanted it to, but it could have been me, and right. you never know. So I ain't gonna shift no blame on them. So I just stepped away or whatever, and I thought about it, prayed about it. And I just made the decision just do school and see how that work out for me. Right, and, right. And speaking of and speaking of accounting, um, how many hours how many hours were you taking once you got back to Ole Miss and decided? Actually, what went into your thought process to, of course, major in accounting? Man, from where I come from, it's like ain't nobody no doctors, lawyers, mm -hmm. accountants. So I want to be able to do that, be inspiration for the kids because that's not a reality to them. They don't, they don't see, they don't have no picture. Right. Like a lot of people in my community, they don't have no, they don't see themselves being no future businessman, been having their own office. They right. see themselves working at McDonald's. That's the ultimate reality that they are faced with. It's inevitable to them. Mm -hmm. They don't, they can't, they mind cannot picture themselves really being successful. But I always thought different. Like I see my parents struggle. I always feel like I don't want to struggle like that. So I got to do something that's going to make sure I get a job. Mm -hmm. And Ole Miss got an accounting degree. You got a 99% job placement rate. So uh, that's an obvious choice for me. And right. you're going to be making money. So, I mean, I, I always did sports. So I said something going to work out, mm -hmm. sports or accounting. Mm -hmm. So I just stuck with accounting. I know you're going to come out making at least 50K, mm -hmm. at least. And that's more money than my parents ever made. So. And, and of course, with your current, you currently have a, what, 3.9, 4.0 GPA? I have a 3.88 GPA. 3.88? 
very specific. Yeah. <laughs> 3.88, you're, you're on pace to graduate, of course, in three years from uh, from Ole Miss. T just talk about the, just talk about your, uh, the philanthropy and things like that that you're doing right now, of course, in order to be able to reach down and reach down into the community and get and um, and give back and give back to the um, to the youth. Well, right now I got a bunch of people. They can they see me excelling like all of them. They see me do real good in track and mm -hmm. football. So like the young kids, they be like, there go Jaquan. Like they think so highly of me. So they'll reach out to me sometimes and talk to me like, what you was doing, etc. And I just try to speak life into them. Like they be going through stuff, and it's harder for them because they ain't as mentally strong as I feel like I was. So I just try to give them the ins and outs of things. And like, it's going to be all right. It's going to be hard times. But whether you poor or rich, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Everybody got to work hard. There's some people that work harder than people that make 10 million times more money than them. Mm -hmm. So I just try to reach out to them and talk to them. Also, right now, I'm a tutor at the middle school. And I tutored last year at the at, high school. At Oxford Middle School? Yeah, Oxford Middle Oxford School. Oxford High School. So I um, tutor the kids. And I also, I don't, more than tutor, I try to reach them, though. Mm -hmm. I try to reach them more than put a grade on the on the look things that I do grade. I only right. grade like two things. Right. And I always like when they don't do something, I be like, go ahead and do it so I can give you the grade that you need. Because I'd rather see them excelling than failing. Mm -hmm. Like I just try to speak life into them. Like sometimes I told a girl something and she like, why you always gotta preach? But they just don't understand. I just want them to excel. I want them to reach their full potential. Exactly. And also I'm volunteering track coaching with the high school track team or whatever. I go out there a couple days a week because I'm so tired down with school and trying to work. Mm -hmm. So I just volunteer out there and I just try to help them out, try to get them in now because I know how it is being a track athlete. I don't been through a lot as far as track. Right. So I just try to help mm -hmm. them out. And I mean, obviously with some of my family members, I talk to them and try to encourage them. Like my little brother, I try to encourage him and teach him mm -hmm. the ways because he play football, I try right. to show him the way. Going back to the, the tutoring portion, do you work with any specific programs or, or are you just doing this on your on your own time? No, I work with a specific program mm -hmm. called AVID, and AVID, AVID stands for Advancement Via Individual Determination. It's some kids, mm -hmm. they select a group of kids. It ain't the kids that's in the top tier as far mm -hmm. as academic, and it's not the kids in the bottom tier. Right. It's the kids that's in the middle, and they feel like if we grab them and get a hold to them now, while they're in middle school, we can make push them to excel in the right direction. Like, they go on college visits. I don't attend them with them, because mm -hmm. I'm just a tutor. Right. Like, they go on college visits, Everything like I ran into them at Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. I was up there. I walked to my dorm. I was heading to work for the eighth grade group and the seventh grade group was up there. They were like, "Hey, Jay, going? Hey, Mr. Jay, going?" Yeah. They was just saying, saying hollering at me and stuff like that. They were like, "Where y'all going?" All that, and it was just cool seeing them up there. And like, I'm glad they get the opportunity because I didn't have that at that younger age. Right, right. I had to catch on to that in high school. So it just made college a reality then. Exactly, and I know, especially personally speaking you want to be able to have a sense of direction. Of course, at, at a very young age, some of us, like you said, we learn it, we learn it, we learn it, we learn it as we get older, like on our own. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, once you, once you, once you find your purpose and your, your sense of direction, you're able to reach back and pour into the youth to try to help them at a very, at a younger age to, to kind of, to show them, to show them what they can be. Um, instead of a lot of things that, that they think they can be, that they think they can, that they think that they don't, they never want to reach their full potential. And so, or they, or they don't even think they can reach their full potential. Mm -hmm. And you, um, and you're kind of there to, to help, to help push them in a certain, to help push them in a, in a more positive light. It's always great, of course, being able to report back into the community at, a, at an older age, because like men like you and myself, 
we we learn it at we 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 didn't have the, we didn't have the direction that as we were coming up, and so we learned we kind of had to learn on our own and had to be in the trenches by ourselves, and so um it's always great to to be able to give that knowledge back to to the youth, and um and help them at help them at their at their infant stage, um. So let's let's push forward to to um, college and um, and why you decided to uh, to of course not play football. How was your recruitment process with that and 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 because you were going to be a dual sport athlete, right? Yes, sir. Um, what went into the process of you, um, of course, even not um, not not pursuing football? Well, first, recruiting is a dirty business. First mm-hmm. off, I say that. And I ain't no, nobody else in my family has ever been recruited, so they don't understand anything. They don't know what's going on. And my they, my parents, they didn't get recruited or nothing like that. They weren't no athletes. So therefore, I got my first offer from Ole Miss. I went to a camp the summer of, and Grant heard he liked me or whatever, but Coach Freeze wasn't there, so he couldn't really talk about nothing because he had to sign off on anything. Mm-hmm. And he was just wondering why I never why he never heard of me because I was right here in town. But it was because I had a senior class with DK and all them, so okay. I couldn't get on the field. And I just put in work or whatever. DK, he helped me a little bit. Well, just watch him. Really just watch him show me what to do. Not necessarily me just spending time with him. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he gave me some tips and helped me along the way. So then I had a game and Coach Freeze came. They was recruiting Willie Gay. They came to see Willie Gay. I was in 11th grade. Right. So then I called a screen and I went 78 yards, I want to say. And he was like chasing me. Right. But he didn't catch me. Right. So I feel like that was the play that helped me get my offer, land me my offer because I did that to the person he was really coming to see. But he was watching me a little bit too, because mm-hmm. he had heard about me. So then the next week, Matt Luke had DM me on Twitter or whatever while I was in class. He said, can you call me? I got some good news. So I stepped out of class and then I went to the bathroom and he said, we want to offer you. And then it just didn't feel real. Like, cause I mean, I prayed about it. I was like, God, I put in the work. Just show me what I need to do mm-hmm. to get these offers or whatever. So. I mean, it just happened and it was crazy. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. feel real. And then, you know, everything that come with that, obviously people started to pay me more attention. And then the next game I had, I got hurt with a turf, turf toe. toe. Mm-hmm. And I missed six games. But that didn't really hurt my recruitment. I came back and I played all right. And then after the season, I got a lot of more offers once the people that were seniors graduated mm-hmm. because, you know, they still offering them. And I went highly recruited right. or whatever. So. I got a bunch of offers, and then I had a bunch of offers. I had like 20 plus D1 offers. Mm-hmm. And then I even got an offer from Alabama, but it wasn't a committable offer. I would right. have to go to camp to show it for it, but they were showing me like, they have heavy entrances. If mm-hmm. I go to camp, mm-hmm. I could get a real offer from them or whatever. Right, correct. So then the summer, I just kept working hard, got on the seven on 17, went to Atlanta, was doing good. And then my recruitment, I feel like it went downhill once Coach Freeze resigned. Cause like that's why I was that's the main people I was talking to. I wasn't giving nobody else really conversation. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't like for nobody to waste my time. So I'm not gonna waste nobody else's time. Right. I talked to a couple other schools, but once he resigned, they started recruiting me and they just stopped texting me. They was texting me every single day, multiple coaches. Mm-hmm. And then they just stopped texting me or whatever. So then I was like, all right, I just gonna have to ball out this season and see what they trying to do because I really wasn't trying to go nowhere else because- You want to stay in state? I want to stay in state. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go nowhere because I feel like this is just the place for me. This I feel like at home. Mm-hmm. So they implemented the early signing day. And Southern Miss, they wanted me to sign early. It had came down to Southern Miss and Marshall. I had lost my other offers. And mm-hmm. Arkansas State, they were still kind of recruiting. So it came down to Southern Miss and Marshall. And Southern Miss wanted me to sign early. And then I was like, I ain't trying to sign early. But I was like, 
I'm gonna go here. So, so even at that point in high school, you could have you, you were on pace to graduate early and things like that. You had all your credits and stuff. Yeah, I took so dual enrollment in okay. high school, so therefore they put me ahead. Mm-hmm. So um, I asked him, "Is you gonna pull my offer, Eric Lowe?" So I was like, "You gonna pull my offer if I don't sign?" He said, "No, we're not gonna do that." Just Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Uh-huh. As soon as I didn't sign, they signed some more people. Mm-hmm. Pulled my offer. Basically, I called him and tried to commit. I was on a basketball trip. I was like, "I'm ready to commit." It was after the signing period. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Do you got anybody else recruiting you? We ain't got no more spots." Mm-hmm. And that just was the that was the second time that happened to me. Right. First, it was Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and which is how you ultimately ended up in Marshall. Ultimately, yes, sir. That's how I ended up in Marshall because that's all I had left because I hadn't been talking to nobody else, so they had everybody that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, so I didn't really want to sign there, but I just ended up signing there. I'm like, I'm gonna stick it out, I'm gonna try to do this, right? So then I got there and I was sad, I was so sad, like, mm-hmm. I missed my family so much, it was hard, like, I just didn't want to be there. And then, like, it was just hard on me because I'm I like football, but like, I know my brain is the most powerful thing I got. Mm-hmm. So, anytime people try to make me feel like I need football. It'll make me shy away from anything. Cause right. I know at the end of the day, I'm gonna always be fine because I got my brain. I know sports, they come and go. I went to a football camp in Birmingham. They hosted seven on seven. This man, Pete, stood up on top of a football. You know, of course he slipped off. Mm-hmm. Then he threw some books down. You can stand on these forever. And I mean, wow. I already knew that, but it just, he really was for real. Like, it was great just, to see. It was great to see great someone to see. else pouring into you yeah. guys like that. Yeah, he was like, you can stand on these books forever. So I always knew school was more important. So therefore, I knew I didn't need, my life was not going to end because I wasn't playing football mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So I just made the decision to just come home because I didn't want to be there no more. I feel like it wasn't worth it being all the way there with already how I felt about football because I like track more than football, honestly, mm-hmm. because it's just like, I don't like the mentality of, they feel like, if you ain't doing football, you're not gonna do nothing with your life. Like they said, when you start quitting, you're gonna quit in other things in life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is one decision. I see if I had a history of quitting, but Correct. I'm not gonna quit just because something got hard. Life got hard, I ain't quit. Mm-hmm. Account got hard, I didn't quit. Relationship with my parents got hard, I didn't quit. You just, it's just certain decisions you walk away from. It's just like a safe and you was in a relationship mm-hmm. and you want to walk away from it. That ain't you just quitting, it's just you feel like that ain't beneficial to you no more possibly. Right. So. I came back to Ole Miss. Wow. And then I was with the NCAA. I tried to fight with my appeal and all that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I got a partial release to run track. Wow. Jay Kwame, let me ask you this. What's your, because <clears throat> I know you're, on, of course, you're on pace to even graduate early with your accounting degree. What are your, what you, do you have any long-term goals that you would like to talk about? That even with accounting? Like what is any, like anything that you would like to do? As far as accounting, I mean, I'm not really passionate about accounting, mm-hmm. but like it's something I can do. I know it to keep me employed. Like I need. <laughs> no, no, keep talking. But I'm saying that, yeah. that's funny that accounting is like you're like, oh yeah, I'm just knowing accounting. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. Thing, you know, right? Yeah, it's hard. But like my long term goal, as far as accounting, I mean, I know, I know I'm gonna end up making an impact on somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Far as whether I'm sitting in an account desk or out there coaching on the field somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to do accounting. But I want to be really in a role far as I can do, still help other people. I don't want to just sit in the office and balance checkbooks and stuff like that. I want to be able to make an impact on everybody. So right now I'm just focusing on doing account, making money and setting myself up. I'm going to be putting my money to the side so I can open up business. I want to open up like some type of club, not a club, but like Mm -hmm. a place for kids to come Mm -hmm. to. Like book clubs and things like that. Something like Mm -hmm. that. Something like that for the kids to just come through and just see like, I want to be able to bring a bunch of people in, doctors, lawyers, athletes, 
I want kids to be able to see so they can teach them, teach them and show them the way, like doing this the right way. Because mm-hmm. there's so many kids, they don't have their daddy, they don't have their mama. And it's just so hard right. for them to realize that they ha- they can be whatever they want to be. Mm-hmm. You can be whatever you want to be in life. It's up to you. But they just feel so unloved. Like when they, people don't love them at home, they stop loving themselves and they don't strive towards goals. So ultimately I want to reach kids. That's ultimately what I want to do and create a better community far as people. Listen, Jaquan, man, I'm, I'm, be, <clears throat> I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I mean this in the most heartfelt way possible. I really, <clears throat> I really appreciate you taking time out of your out of your evening to sit down and, and speak with me and and just open up with with all of your with the, with your dreams, goals, and aspirations, man. And um, and I look forward to to seeing what everything that you put together in the future. So uh, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. Welcome. One time for the underdog, two time for the struggle, three time for the pain, one time for the underdog.